Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. This is the Hockey Podcast Network. Your home for hockey talk on every team in the NHL. This is the Broadway Boys Podcast through the Hockey Podcast Network, and we are back with Season 3, Episode 16, as I'm finally back, and work can't hold me down today, and the Rangers have won, I think now, well, three in a row in the month of December, and we took the first of a home-and-home against the Chicago Blackhawks, and we'll be playing them again next Tuesday in Chicago, and all is good on the Rangers' front. We got a little bit scared with, with Igor. Uh, but everything seems to be humming along just like before. Just the same old ship steering into port right now. So I have to ask Andy, how are you doing? It would be hard to say I'm doing anything other than uh, pretty good, considering that this team doesn't stop winning. Very happy with that. Uh, as much confidence as they're playing with right now, it's, it's literally oozing out of their pores. They just don't seem phased by injuries or... Uh, just yeah, difficult circumstances, being down a goal, uh, sitting on leads. It's just, oh, man, I, I just can't remember the last time I've seen a Rangers team look this confident and dialed in. And and that's even with not firing on full, all full cylinders. It's just, but they've been good enough to just get uh, important performances when they need it. It's not always the same, uh, the same few guys, you know, so they're definitely spreading it around a little bit. And yeah, just this is a team that everyone knows what they got to do and they're doing it. And they talked about that in the offseason, having more defined roles. And I mean, at this point, if you don't see the difference between uh, a David Quinn and a Gerard Gallant, uh, yeah, I don't know. That's uh, it's pretty much night and day, if you ask me. So, uh, yeah, I'm doing good. I mean, I wish I wish the Knicks were better. But other than that, not too much to complain about. (laughs) Well, you know, and the sports gods can't give you too much, Andy. That would just be. I was just too saying that to my wife because she can't. You know, <laughs> like, she watched the only game my wife, my wife watched for me this season was Game One versus uh, the Capitals, where they looked all the Rangers looked all out of sorts and embarrassing, and yeah. Uh, but since then, they've they've looked great. But I've even said, and obviously that Game One win over the Celtics for the Knicks, I was like, oh no, are the Knicks going to be good? But the Rangers not. But it's the other way around. So. Uh, but yeah, like you say, it's uh, the uh, the New York State uh, sports gods are a cruel mistress. So you can only you can only have so much joy in your life. And speaking of 
cruel mistress of the sports gods of New York, I actually was having a conversation with a friend of mine, and we were talking about the New York Rangers. And he's not a, a huge hockey fan, but he was, you know, asking me questions like, "Why are they so good this year? Is is Igor really this good?" And I, I kind of went into this whole thing about Igor. You know, he's just a, a top goalie in this league, and the Rangers have been blessed having another top goalie. Uh, to kind of rely upon when things aren't going great. And that's certainly, um, you know, a benefit of the Lundquist years. And now we're just seems to be rolling right in with Igor and that's great. But I did warn him. I go, the way things are with me right now in the New York Rangers, it is too good to be true. And I was, I flat out call it. I go, one of these games, Igor is going to get hurt and it's going to truly test this team about who they are and what kind of style they can, you know, pretty much rely upon playing and winning with, I should say. And, you know, I I don't know, man, I'm looking at this team, Andy, right now. And I think the Igor injury, if he's out a couple weeks, could be the best thing for this team because they can't rely upon him. They got to get it done without him. They got to get it done without relying on goaltending. And they're going to be tested with some very good opponents this coming up, upcoming couple of weeks. Sorry, I, I, I just woke up. I had an all-nighter Friday. So if I'm stumbling and mumbling over my words, deal with it. Uh, you know, Chicago, again, on the back-to-back, it's never easy to beat the same team twice in a row. You have Colorado. And then, you know, even the following week, you have Nashville, who's been playing great, another game against Colorado and Vegas. So, you know, the next two weeks, if we don't have Igor and we're relying upon Georgie and maybe a combination of uh, Kincaid or Husko, whatever they want to throw in there as the, the backup, then, you know, the Rangers need to be ready and they need to be, you know, ready to play in the defensive zone and be able to transition the puck with speed and, you know, not always rely upon, you know, Igor making that huge save. So, Andy, I'm kind of looking at this. If this is a, a couple week injury and they just want to keep him sidelined for a couple weeks, I might be the only one in the New York Ranger universe right now that might think that this injury could be the best thing that could happen to the New York Rangers. You, you know, it's funny. When Igor went down with that injury in the third period uh, versus San Jose, everyone kind of had the same, or at least all Rangers fans watching had the same knee-jerk reaction. That's it. Season's over. <laughs> it's I did. Yeah, I mean, and you well, can't... Well, non-contact injuries? Like, yeah, and you can't, you, you can't really help it. Uh, but... Now removed from 24 hours removed from that or plus 24 hours, we know in the post game, Gallant said uh, the medical trainer, Jim Ramsey, told him not as bad as it looks, just a minor lower body. Uh, they and then yesterday prior to the game in his pregame comments, he says to the media, I know you're all going to ask him just get out of the way. He had an MRI. It's not a long term major thing. Uh, we think confident he's going to be able to go in a week here. So they put him on LT, you know, LTIR, which means he's out a minimum seven days for a week. But that's only three games, one of which they played and won against the Chicago Blackhawks. So yeah, it looks like they're, you know, they're going to give him the uh, three days of rest, and then he's going to get on the ice and skate and see how things feel. And I think what we thought, everyone, I think at the time thought, although I don't know if this was substantiated, but at the time we thought he tore a groin or is just knee buckled but then you look and it looks like a puck actually hit him in the kneecap and it was more like a like a bruise or type Bone bruises suck yeah so i mean we never got confirmation on if that's what happened but that was something i was floating around but regardless 
it's not as apparently it's not as bad as it thinks it seems you know and igor also uh it's funny a lot of people were have pointed out that igor is pretty good at uh selling things to, tr- to draw calls <laughs> although obviously he was clearly hurt he was frustrated so he punched the wall but you know sometimes it looks really bad it doesn't end up you know we saw ryan reeves and we're like well his season's over and he was back in less than a week so you know, sports are injuries are funny like that. Sometimes it's just like a minor tweak and you're like, oh, he's skating off, but he's just kind of holding the side. And then next thing you know, I was like, oh, he broke his ribs. He's out for three, for two months. Like, Whoa. And sometimes it looks like apps, you know, uh, it looks like it, they were taken out on the grassy knoll and then it's not as bad as you think. So but uh, to get back to your point, James, I think you're absolutely right. I think this happening, you never want to happen, but. One, you're absolutely right. They can't just rely on Igor this season. And in fairness to this team, they haven't been totally relying on him as of late for at least the last 10-game segment. But that being said, the biggest problems were you can't play Igor every game. You're going to need a competent backup to help because we've seen teams in the past be over-reliant on one goaltender and only for them to flame out because come the postseason that uh, their goal, their starting goal is absolutely dead on, on, on their feet from uh, overexposure and over being overused. And Georgiev, whether his future is here, if he wants to be a starter elsewhere or he just wants to feel good about his game and the Rangers want to feel good about his game, yeah, he needs to play and work himself out of this funk he's been in. And he's still, you know, and listen, he came in and he looked great in relief because he didn't have too much time to think about it. Um, and then outside of maybe some some questionable decision-making. And I think Valak had even pointed it out that he gets the sense that Igor is just overthinking plays and just really not trusting his, his instincts. And that's, I definitely see that he's guessing a lot instead of just feeling it out, but he still ends up making some important, good saves. I think he had a pretty good game in the winning effort versus the Blackhawks the other night, you know, that, and you could even say that the two goals that get by him um, could have, easily been called back right one is he kind of makes the stop even though it goes under him and then nemeth stupidly uh, again we you spoke about this cross-checking uh opposing players into your goaltender and patrick nemeth is the absolute worst with this this guy's got bricks for for brains i don't know what his deal is but and then yeah uh something a bit of a broken play that you think it's whistled dead or with a high stick that's above the cross clearly above the crossbar but then there was a lot of hemming and hawing about the rules i won't relitigate it but you like you said you could say there was two goals that probably wouldn't have counted but just the refs were feeling uh yeah i don't know they were feeling a little squirrely and they or lazy i don't know what you want to say and they just called them goals so yeah he was fine and to your point james i think this is a good test for them because when igor went down the rangers played their best closing 10 minutes of any game i've seen them play all season Right. I, I, I Yeah, no, I agree 100%. And, you know, I don't know if that's, you know, the, the Rangers bench talking or Gallant making, you know, a simple statement like, you you know, you better wake up, boys. Like, I don't know. I, like, I don't know what what it was, but you just saw another gear clearly kick in when Igor left that game. And, you know, they needed it. It was a one nothing game. It was one of those games where you knew the tying goal or the winning goal was just going to be a fluky bounce. And they were able to close out that game against the Sharks. And listen, the Sharks have been playing a lot better since their, you know, kind of rough start. And, uh, you know, you know, they're just a team on the road hyped up to play at Madison Square Garden. And, you know, you got to be ready to play them. They still got some very good players on that team. And, you know, I think, again, another team with a chip on their shoulder with everyone pretty much writing them them out this season. 
And then you play, you know, the back to back. This is what this game against the Chicago Blackhawks. I was worried about and same and Chicago had yeah. a lot of jump because the Rangers had played the night before and Chicago had, you know, a couple days off. So just flying into town and, and obviously out of the Chicago is the better team out of the gate. But that was kind of to be expected. that The Rangers were going to have to work themselves into that game, right? Yeah. And again, you saw a New York Rangers team kind of get themselves out of that little funk that they started the game with. And and I, I shouldn't even say a funk. It was just, you know, I, I think Chicago, had, again, had all the energy and just kind of momentum. And the Rangers were able to weather the storm and, and, and you know, transition that uh, energy back to them. And, you know, they, they completely dominated at times. And again, you mentioned it, both those goals, I don't know if that fired them up, but it just seems like the Rangers had a very good reaction when getting scored on, especially after that first one. Um, you know, very easily, if they didn't kill that penalty off, that becomes a two nothing game after delay of game call. That's a totally different game. So kudos to the Rangers for being able to kill that penalty off and then get the momentum back. And again, Ryan Strom is scoring some big goals and he's in the right spots at the right time. And I, I know people want an upgrade in two in the you know the two C position, but right now Ryan Strom is showing you exactly why we have Ryan Strom. I mean, he's been playing. Very good in the last few games. I think up and down, Andy, our top three lines have been been great in the offensive zone. I mean, I, I don't know. It just seems like, listen, you're not going to get goal scoring from your top players every single night. But it seems like our best players are playing the best. And, you know, our complementary third line is is maybe the best offensive zone line we have on this team. I mean, they're just... You know, every single shift, it seems like they have two or three scoring opportunities. So, uh, again, everything the Rangers do, even when you think they're knocked out or, you know, took a gut punch, they respond. And not only is it just one line responding, it's the entire team responding. And seeing this, it's like surreal. I, I like I'm almost speechless talking about it because you know, you don't even know what to say. Like, this isn't how the New York Rangers usually play. You know, I'm waiting for my heart to be broken here. So, um, you know, Andy, again, I'll I'll ask this every single week because, you know, how much of this is Gallant and then how much is this, you know, the leadership on this team? And, you know, I I don't even know. Like, Fox is the best defenseman in the league. Panarin is playing like one of the best forwards in the league, a top three, at least. I mean, yeah, he doesn't have the numbers that Dreisaitl and and McDavid have. But man, oh, man, I mean, Panarin, from the first week of this season, I was a little scared that this style of play wasn't going to suit Panarin. He's He's got bodies bouncing off him. You can't steal the puck from him. You can't be physical with him because he'll burn you and protect the puck and make a play. He, they're just too good. This is unbelievable. Unreal, Andy. You're, I, 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 honestly, I don't even know what else to say. <laughs> you're absolutely right, James. I mean, Panarin, obviously, a little bit slower to work himself into, into, I guess, form for this season. And, ob- and obviously, early on, people were saying, oh, what's wrong with Panarin? Did he party a little too much? You know, just the dumb thing fans say. But for context, Panarin has been a Ranger for three seasons, and they've been shortened, correct? But, you know, he played 70 games roughly his first season. 40 the next season he's already played 23 so that's uh 134 games with the rangers right and uh thanks to our friend hockey stat miner on twitter uh he posted this just to put panarin's brilliance into uh just to you know crystallize it he's 
Panarin has only had 17 games where he hasn't had a point in that span in 134 games. He's had 17 one-point games in that span. He's had 33 multi-point games in that span. Like Jesus, that's that's 49 percent of his games with the Rangers have been multi-point games. It's uh, you know it's unbelievable. So one of the best free agent signings ever, which for this team clearly <laughs> has had such a sordid history with that. So he's been absolutely brilliant. Like you said, everyone bemoans Ryan Strom. But at the end of the day, him and Panarin click. And when this team is going like it is, maybe the fact that Ryan Strom isn't... I, a, I've been much more impressed with his uh, two-way game and his compete. He's definitely looked faster and more engaged and more angry. And that's the thing. You want to talk about... You asked, if is it Gallant or is it the leadership? I think it's clearly both because Gallant knows when to push buttons. He knows when to press them. He knows what to say to them. He knows what to del- message deliver in the locker room. And they get scored on, right? And off of that questionable above the bar high stick so, and then Kane but cashes it away and then what happens they have to kill a penalty but the first thing that, I th- that to me that sets it off that sets the momentum going I see Truba getting more physical and getting a little bit nastier and this is a guy who's been he's been over- ornery as hell this season and I love it you see him deliver a pretty crushing uh, reverse hit I don't know if it was Debrinket or someone else or a forearm shiver. He's getting into it with Kane. And then I felt like the Rangers as a team just got a little bit more physical. And I think the Hawks were comfortable. They had fresh legs playing their skill, really stretched out, try to hit uh, home run passes on and, and you know fly the zone and get odd man rushes. But then the Rangers just started playing their more direct possession game, you know, area passes, but just supporting near the pucks and just holding on to it more. And then forcing basically the the Blackhawks to get it to, into it with them in the corners, and they started bullying them around. And then all of a sudden, the Blackhawks were hemmed in. And it's funny because if you on paper, if you look, our smallest line might be that second line: Panarin, Strom, and Hunt. They were they were just giving. They were I thought they were bullying, you know, yeah, all the Hawks lines in the corner. And at one point, I saw Panarin going at it with Seth Jones, and just like. You know, just, you know, putting the moves on him and quick reverse hits and then putting it to space and then and just kind of fighting through holding on to the puck, even though like he's getting cross checked the back and forearm shivers and all this other stuff and trying to hold. But you can't contain him because he's smart with his. He's so wiry strong. He's got a low center gravity. And even Strom doing the same same thing. And you look at Dylan Strom's struggles on the other side of the ice. And I think the one thing that his brother Ryan figured out is that even if you're not the best skater, because Ryan isn't the best skater, although he's really improved, and Strom Dylan, his younger brother, definitely needs to work on skating because he's slow as molasses too. But it's about not it's not about going, but it's also about knowing when to go, and that he's got this thing where he'll kind of he'll float a bit, but he knows when he has to move his feet, and all of a sudden kind of catches the other team off guard. You're like, oh, I didn't expect him to be this strong. I didn't expect him to be this fast or have that much speed to separate out of uh, out of you know. Uh, coverage and, and scrums in the wall so yeah i mean they it just the rangers as a team collectively started bullying the hawks a bit you know and slowed them down because the hawks were playing this weird mix of like trapping in the neutral zone and then trying to uh, get odd man rushes and that that kind of strikes me as the rangers of old but once the rangers started playing their game i thought it was mostly they were the more dangerous team obviously the problem was they were sloppy with their decision making trying to work themselves in that game they they, they probably made you know, Keandre and, and Nemeth and Nils made a lot of ill-advised passes and turnovers. 
but I think that was more of a, a function of being tired and just, you know, trying to work yourself into that game. But again, Georgiev stood up tall when he had to and made some good saves. And uh, they had some, you know, if they made, they had good recoveries and they covered for one another. So, yeah. And again, like Mika's is not even really going right now. He's doing, he's playing well in transition and his playmaking has been good. But he just as an offensive player, he's struggling right now. But that's okay because, like you said, you have Panarin and Strom playing the way they are. You have the kid line getting as many chances as they are, even if they're not scored. You have our, our defensemen chipping in on the offense, and our power play is going hot. So that's the thing. It's like this is not a, a one line team, even on any given night of phone one line's only going. But it doesn't matter because they can get their broken play contributions from other lines. And as long as, and Galan even said, he's like, I'm only concerned. Are we getting scoring chances? Yes. Play in the other team's end. And that's it. And what I love about this team the most, and I want to get your thoughts on this, is that they, they amp it up in the third, down the stretch. And a lot of good teams know to how to, you're not going to play balls out for 60 minutes. You're going to kill yourself and you're going to trail off and probably lose. But they just know when to put the pedal down and when to, take the foot off a little bit and went to put the pedal down. And I'll be damned if whether they have a lead or they're trying to get an equalizer, they, they play their best periods in the third period down the stretch. Like, and I feel like when they're holding a lead, it almost like seems that they're generating more chances, which I love. And Gallant's saying all the right things. You're not, pl- they're not playing to lose or, you know, or trying not to lose or playing to win. And I love that. I love that about this team. So super likable. Things are going great right now. And yeah, I just want to get your thoughts on that. Yeah, a couple things here. No, you're absolutely right. They are a different team with a lead compared to the past, seasons of the past. This year, you feel like you want to you want to know where my head is at, Andy, with this team. Yeah. Last year, when the other team, or even just years past, right? Like you saw it so many times. Even the playoffs that one year, we broke the record for most goals given up when your opponent has uh, their goalie pulled. This year, when the range last year when the Rangers had a goal, one goal lead you knew the other team was going to score in the last minute it was just you were waiting for it and you just kind of like if they didn't you were like oh my god like that team man they're going to be kicking themselves because they couldn't score against the rangers in the last minute there because we would just pack it in right we would just you know stop moving our feet we would never win a loose puck along the boards you know that extra man would just throw us for a loop we couldn't defend anything we gave up the guts of the ice in the middle of the you know the middle of the ice for the you know in the offensive zone and then this season, Andy, do you want to know where my head is at? This is how, and this is why I, I scare myself with how, you know, and I want to be negative, right? So I will say something positive here, but then I'm going to go right back to negative because I don't want the gods to misunderstand, you know, my actual worry here. I am in a place now when the Rangers have a one goal lead or two goal lead in the third. I am looking for when the team pulls their goalie because and this really pertains more to Igor because I want Igor to get a goal. Like I am thinking that our goalie is going to score now eventually this season. And that, that is where my head is at. I'm not worried about us giving up a goal. I'm confident that not only are we going to not let them score, but we're going to get our goalie a goal. So yeah, my confidence is oozing out all my pores right now with this team. So yeah, completely different team of, of years past. Uh, considering how we play with a lead in the in the uh, in the third period, and you know, and second, you know, you you look at 
how this team is structured. And, you know, I'm confident with any of the, I, I maybe question the fourth line a little bit just because you have Reeves out there and not the strongest skater, but you know, Galan is throwing them out there with a few minutes left. But if you tell me one, two or th- the third line is out there in the last you know few minutes of the game, I am so confident with each, each of those lines. Like for me, I really don't even have a pre- preference. And that's that's unbelievable. Like for me to feel that way with this team, usually it's like, you know, maybe pluck one player from here, there and there and kind of make up a defensive line. But I am very confident with any line that's out there. And I'm looking for my goaltender to score goals. Yeah. To say, you know, uh, th- this is like a newfound Ranger fan for me. Like, th- I-, I feel different. This is different for me, Andy. And, uh, yeah, let me think of something negative to say uh, so the guys don't get mad at me. Um, yeah, we- we're not deep enough to win a Stanley Cup. So uh, anybody who thinks we're going to win a Stanley Cup, we're not deep enough. So um, there, I kind of balanced it out for you, Andy. Is that good? Yeah, that's good. Like you said, okay. listen, is this team perfect? No. Zabanajad. I mean, which kind of shows you that they still have potential to get better because do I think that this team is as good as right now as teams like the Maple Leafs, maybe the Minnesota Wild, the Calgary Flames? No. And I think that's a function of their young guys just being young. But that's to say that the, now their young guys are generating scoring chances all the time. Lafreniere had probably his best game in a Ranger sweater last night. Just going to bring that up. Yep. Uh and he's playing physical and he's getting after on the and what was the big knock on Lafreniere? Doesn't move his feet, floats too much, looks to waits for offense to come to him. Now he's creating, he's generating. And his line mates, if he was doing that with uh Kreider and Zabanajad, who knows? Maybe there are a lot more goals because those guys are natural goal scorers, right? But doesn't matter though because I wouldn't move him. From no, where he don't, is. don't. I'm not. I'm not touching him with a ten foot pole. Let, let him do what he's doing. Let those the kids go. Let them develop together. A rising tide raises all ships. Kako is dangerous and a two way beast every game now. You know what I mean? And it's it's a slow puzzle, but it's one of those things where you have guys in this league who they have something that makes them successful, and they have their real, and they have like the help out of the gate. They'll be hot and they'll be good goal scorers. And but then you'll kind of dig and say, well, you know, they got their coach gave them a lot of offensive zone starts and they cheated and they played with high quality line mates and they didn't really defend well in their own end. And then they'll have their sophomore season or, or their junior year season. All of a sudden they have a bad year. It's just they're it's not going in for them. They maybe they lose uh, one of their elder line mates is a cap casualty and then they fall off and then they're just a, a train wreck in their own end. They're learning. This line is learning how to play a, a full game, you know, a, 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 you know, a full 60 foot game or excuse me, 200-foot game, not 60-foot game, Jesus, 60-minute game, 200-foot game. Uh, and yeah, they're do- he- Lafreniere is doing everything that Rangers fans were harping on him to do, start doing right now. And yeah, they're not that line as a whole is not getting rewarded for the amounts of chance they're generating, but it's fine. It'll come. It's just, it's hard to score in the National Hockey League. So, but they're t- going through the pains of just building a complete game that will make them all complete players. And that's fine. So you want to, if this team is this good with but just being this half baked right now, man, I mean the future, the sky's the limit for them in the future, which is good. And again, there, Ryan Strom kind of has spoken about the last few press conferences how just the guys feel the difference, they're more confident, they comment on how much fun it is to win, and that their their standard is higher now. Like if they have a, they win games, but if they get they still. 
Zabanajet, they win that game against the Sabres. Zabanajet's still angry with the refs. Or they were, like you said, they were clearly a little pissed off about they felt those goals were, you know, were Fugazi. And they definitely played like they felt they had a chip on their shoulder and that they were getting railroaded by the refs. You know what I mean? So, and that's the thing is they've established a higher baseline of excellence for this team. And again, are to your point, yeah, they're not, you're absolutely right. They're not, they're not quite all the way there yet. But, God, you know, I, they're definitely a playoff team. I don't think you can you can't say that. You can say anything you want about well, you know, they generate a lot of quality, but they're not generating enough overall. They're like, you know, they don't shoot the puck enough. Yeah, and that's probably true. Maybe they're not generating enough chances, or, but at the same time, it's like you just see their game management and how they play, and they're playing better in front of their goaltender, and it's just it's clearly they're clearly just trending upwards throughout the season. So, yeah, again. Not they have their warts still, but they're they're improving, and that's all you really want as a Rangers fan. And so the future, yeah, the future looks good with this group because they're going to get better as these they're you know the kids on the third line and Kako and hell even your Dryden Hunts who are unlocking new parts of their game. So yeah, very very pleased. And and that goes for the guys in the back end. Keandre is yes, he still struggles with his decision making, but offensively he's really unlocking his. Uh, his uh, tool chest this year and you see him trying to you know get working his way up the ice more from the point stepping around guys using his you know explosivity and his effortless skating and and even Nils who is struggling at times in his own end you see him a little bit more dominant wanting to shoot the puck more a little bit more assertive he's going to get one on the power play <laughs> one day for that second unit you know just because he loves to hammer the puck so yeah again there's there's obviously warts but overall I'm just you just can't help but be super happy with where this team is. Football fans, I'm sure we all love an action-packed, high-scoring NFL game. But with the latest no-brainer from DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, you'll be a winner once a single point scored. New customers who bet just $1 on any team to score can win $100 in free bets. It's that simple. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, you can still get in on the NFL action as everyone can play for huge cash prizes all season long with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Sports Contests. DraftKings is giving new customers free shots at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now, use promo code THPN, bet $1 on any team to score, and you win $100 in free bets. If they score, you score with promo code THPN, as in the Hockey Podcast Network. This week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit, $1 wager required. One per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com Sportsbook for details. And if you have a gambling problem, please call 1-800-GAMBLER. I didn't really want to bring this up because we're kind of... We have a good podcast going on, Andy. Yeah. I, d- I don't want to bring this up, but I'm going to bring it up because I feel like it's worth bringing up. Um, Heedle is going to go in a trade this year. Fans, I think, need to accept that. I- I'm calling it right now. Heedle is gone. I think Heedle's playing some of his best hockey, and he's creating scoring chances. He's getting a ton of shots on net. I like his game, but... I I kind of missed the boat with Heedle. I know he signed a nice, friendly, you know, two point three million dollar deal. He'll be a restricted free agent. He's playing good with that third line. I just think we can improve in that third line center position, and we're going to need it. 
and Hedl is the best trade chip that we have currently on the starting roster for the New York Rangers. Yeah, your you're probably... I mean, I think you're probably right. I think Hedl and a prospect like Kraftsov and maybe even one of their defensemen they d- right. deem moving. Like, if there are some some top flight centers out there who aren't totally cooked and who have who are productive players right now, like like bona fide second line uh, pivots or centers, you know what I mean? Those guys, yeah. and especially if they they have term, you know. And that, l- listen, the the right now we're in the swing of the playoff hunt, and a lot of teams are still still kind of think they're in it. But even though it's like they're some are hanging on by a thread, some are you know. Does Dallas make it? Will the Sharks make it? Uh, the Golden Knights are, are currently out of a playoff spot. You know, Winnipeg. It's there are some good teams with, or at least some good centers that, or hell, even the Blue Jackets. Like a, you know, you've they have some uh, some pretty underrated players too. It's it just, yeah. I mean, it'll be interesting. So it, it, that's hard. It's hard right now for the Rangers, or at least for you know, obviously GMs will take a look and try to hone in on some guys who could, but you still don't know. So, cause some of these teams are having up and down performances. It's, it's the wild. I almost feel like the wild cards are, it's going to be the hardest, the hardest spots to predict. Although that's usually the case. I, that actually, now that I say that sounds like a pretty dumb statement. Of course, it's a stupid thing to say, but yeah, I mean, no, I, but I see what you're, you're saying because the teams that are in the wild card spots right now, like you wouldn't, yeah. You know what? I, I know what you're saying, Andy, because I, I'm with you. Because if you look, oh, I got to pull up the, the actual, like the wild, the wild card standings. Um, I'm with you. Because if you just look at like the wild cards right now, right? You have Detroit, you have Pittsburgh, Boston, and even Columbus. But if you want to write those off, Detroit is, is hanging around. Like they're yeah. not really going anywhere. And even if Pittsburgh won, you know, the games that they have in hand, they're, they're, they don't leapfrog Detroit. So, and I, I'm it's you're 25 games into the season, right? You're a quarter of the way through, almost a third of the way through. Yeah. What get, there's nothing for me to think that you know Detroit is going to go away. I mean, Jesus, I mean they're nine two and two at home. If they have <laughs> continue, even if they level off a little bit at home, I, I, they'll still be right there. I mean, geez, they won five in a row. I, again, I just I don't know, man. Like I'm with you. I know what you're saying. You know, it's hard to predict because you always have like, but the teams that you have there now, even Colorado and San Jose, like I, I highly doubt that those teams are going to be where they are at the end of the season. So, you know, who are going to make up those wild card spots? Because yeah. there's so many teams involved, especially out West. Maybe the East is a little bit easier, but the West is just a crapshoot. You have, you know, Winnipeg, Vegas, Dallas, Colorado, San Jose, all fighting for wild card spots because teams like, you know, Minnesota is on fire. Uh, Nashville doesn't doesn't seem to uh, you know diminish, uh, and then you have uh, you know Anaheim who's playing you know lights out right now. So yeah, yeah I see exactly what I, you're saying. You know, I think I do think that if Forsberg starts going cold because he's in a hot stretch right now, I and obviously Anaheim, I think Anaheim and Nashville have the potential to fall out and cool off eventually. And that's I I feel like the West it's a lot tighter because they're wild. You know they're. Uh, you know, in the last wild card spot is the Avalanche, who have 26 points but have only played 21 games. And then in third third place in the in the West, although it's a different in the Central, excuse me, uh, different division. But you know, the, the Preds have 27 points in 24 games, so that's a much tighter. Whereas the Rangers, uh, sitting at t- 35 points with 23 games, the first wild card is the Red Wings with 29 points 
with 25 games played. So there's a lot more separation between the upper echelon Atlantic and Metro teams to their wild, the teams in the wildcard spots right now, which is good for the Rangers. And that's why it's, it's imperative. They just keep it going. You know what I mean? Because, uh, yeah, I mean, in the, you could, you could have your feeling really good about yourself in the Western conference one day and then have a couple of days off and look up and you're out and then you're just like, Oh, what the, you know what I mean? So it's going to be right. a slog for them. So, uh, to your point about Heedle in a trade. Yeah. I, I, you know, I think they're clearly going to want to upgrade whether it might even be multiple positions, who knows? It might be a, a quantity or a quality for quantity thing because at the end of the day, if you're ready to go to war, I don't know if you want Patrick Nemeth as your, th- you know, right. on your third pairing. And I don't know if, yes, it's great that all the lines are going, but at the same time, they might, again, they might say this team just needs one more, someone who can play, who, yeah, we, another guy we can have kill penalties, uh, even though they've been good. And a guy who can put the puck in the net, and maybe we can even move him around to play to get other lines going in a in a bona fide, yeah, uh, center, you know, middle six center who can score goals. So, but I will say this: uh, the big thing with you know, I'll, different coaches are amenable to different things, and Turk has always been a my way or the highway type guy, and he likes to, his players playing total hockey. He likes to say, you know what. He doesn't clearly he when he finds line combinations he likes, he sticks with them. But he also he doesn't seem as concerned about constantly flipping guys to try to get matchups because he wants to he's a guy. He's a coach who who wants to be able to put his fourth line on the ice with a team's first line and not shelter them away and and feel you know what I mean? And I think the more he has done that this season, it hasn't really mattered what lines on the ice because I've seen the kid line hem in some teams top lines. I've seen. The fourth line keep the puck in the other team's end when the when the second line's out there. You know what I mean? So who knows? Maybe Drury says, "What do you need?" And he says, "You know, I have a pulse on these guys, and ultimately, I think you could do more harm than good." Or you know what I mean? So I'm I would I think the the D is a more glaring uh, spot for me. And that's not to say Heedle isn't traded, but a part of me does wonder if Heedle ends up being an offseason casualty and they just try to make a move on the back end right now. But again, we've heard that they kicked the tires on DeBrusque and apparently they are looking for the middle six center. And if that's the case, then yeah, Heedle's the guy. So, which is unfortunate, but maybe it just comes down to the timeline didn't work out for the parties where Heedle, as much as even though he's generating chances, he's just can't convert yet. And they, if they want to have a run here and they think that's more valuable to them in the long run, then he's the guy who has value, which is a shame. But yeah, it's a, it's a business and it sucks, but it is what it is. Yeah. And it's so weird because, you know, you, you never thought the Rangers would be in the position that they are right now. And it's almost like, you know, I, I could see it on both ways. Like, do you disturb the pieces that you, you, you kind of created? You know, this team is so close. They're so like such a tight knit group. And, you know, is it like if you remove a piece like Heedle and replace it with, you know, an outsider, is it going to kind of disrupt the the flow of things? And you certainly don't want that. And then, you know, then then the piece of you is like, no, look where you are right now. Right. You know, point percentage wise, you're second in the east only to uh, only to be who's uh, Florida's ahead of you. So it's like, go for it, you know? It's like, this is a business. This is what you, you dream about, right? You're competing for a Stanley Cup, you know? No excuses. You, you got the pieces. You got the prospects. You, you know, you, you currently have the, a roster that obviously can compete and win in regular season. You might as well go for it. And, 
yeah, I think the issues right now are pretty glaring uh, on the third pairing. You know, not that, you know, Nils and Nemeth have been game killers because they're obviously not. But could you imagine if we have a third pairing and, you know, those guys, you know, are not as, you know, shaky as they are? And I think it really comes down to Nemeth can't physically compete at this level. I just think his skating is a little rough around the edges. He throws the puck blindly up the boards. It seems to be his only only way. And that's like not awful. But again, it's just if you're going to be competing for a Stanley Cup and like you said, go to war, you really don't want that guy on your third pairing. I, again, maybe a guy that's your you know seventh defenseman that you can throw in there if someone gets hurt. Yeah, I'd say that's fine. But with the Rangers and how they're built right now, you certainly don't want to be so reliant upon you know your top four defensemen basically carrying 90% of the load, you know, you kind of need that third pairing to balance out the, you know, the, the playing time a little bit. And, you know, I think throughout the course of a, of a season, that will be huge to be ready for the playoffs. And forward wise, we definitely need, I think, an upgrade. I think losing Sammy, if we had Sammy play and he was playing like how he was before, I'd say, you know what, maybe we can take this season and we'll just punt un- until what's available during the off season, but losing him, I really just do think it doesn't need to be a sexy move, but if you want to bring in a bona fide second line player, you're going to have to get rid of uh Hedo. And, you know, if you want to bring in a, you know, just another role player, I, maybe you don't even have to touch Hedo. Like you said, you have crafts off. And, you know, if you look at a team like you know, Vancouver or something, maybe they take a lot of value in a guy like Kraftsoff, you know, maybe he can be a top winger for them in the future. So, you know, maybe they'll give you a guy that, you know, they realize they're never really truly going to win with him. So, you know, if you need a depth guy, here you go. We'll take Kraftsoff. Thank you very much and be done with it. So um, I don't know how realistic that is, Andy, but that's how I kind of see the Rangers future. You know, if they really want to get a bona fide player, they're going to have to get rid of Heedle. Kraftsoff will get you a depth player. Where and you know I don't know what the Rangers are going to be looking for in terms of a defenseman, but I would imagine you know a third pairing defenseman, just a depth guy uh, that's a role player. Again, I don't think that will cost you that much. Yeah, and you know obviously the hard thing is the Rangers have so many good prospects who are going to eventually be on this team to take that spot. It's just they're not ready today, and this is a team that wants to compete now and. It's, you know, it's important to kind of circle the drain. I'm trying to think of the amount of teams that have won the Stanley Cups in the last few years that weren't at least in the playoffs the, the previous years, you know, outside of maybe having a fluke bad season with injuries where they were out. Uh, but yeah, you look at, um, you look at the, the Lightning, they were getting multiple kicks at the can. You remember them losing uh, in the Stanley Cup final to the Blackhawks the last year. They won the Cup. They missed the next year because of some some injuries and stuff, which was a big disappointment. But they were getting close to a few years before. Then obviously they they become start become the powerhouse they are now. But they they're anointed the next Cup winner and they get uh, knocked out in the first round by the Blue Jackets and it's a big stunner for them. Uh, then the next season you know is canceled, but they go they go in the bubble and they end up winning. So it's again they it's these are teams that are their teams usually circle the drain as they get close to the top. You know what I mean? It's very rare for a team to, or even you look at a team like St. Louis, that's kind of in and out and in and out, but they're close anyway. And they're, you know, so I, obviously it's important for this group to establish a a higher baseline and a higher expectation for themselves, because that's the thing that even when you lose players to cap casualties 
that the belief is there that they are still as good as they think they are. You know what I mean? And just you see teams that on paper, you're like, well, you're like, how is this team one of the best teams in the league? But it's because they just they have that higher expectation for themselves and they, they don't get used to losing, I think, as they say. So, yeah, I mean, it's like I said, it's a shame that timelines don't always work out and you lose some players who are promising. And I could definitely see Heedle breaking out somewhere. But that being said, it's just uh, I think it's more valuable for this team to this. They're having a, a special season. You have to reward reward them for that. But at the same time, like I said, it comes down to maybe they talk to Turk and they say, I don't want to change a thing. And I think you had to take a pulse and sometimes teams can see the team you know their gm not helping doing anything as a as a bad sign but at the same time if the explanation is that boys we're rolling here and it is in this room and we're getting better because we are young that it's not that the gm's not helping them so much as as it excuse me i almost knocked over my mic (laughs) but it's more so that they're like we've we're all unlocking our potential here so like we are that we're self-renting you know what i mean so especially if there was so much talk about will will Strom get resigned? Obviously, him and Panarin are super close, and that's a big factor because most people would say objectively you don't resign Strom. But I don't know how much does he like being in New York. If he asks, if he wants his retirement contract here, but says like five, you know, five point five for I don't know seven years. It's the term really stinks, but the number to play with Panarin for that stretch, well, I don't know. That's not that bad. You know what I mean? So yeah, it's a, there's a lot of things to consider, but, and I, again, I don't really know what they'll do. I've, there have been rumblings that the Rangers are keeping tags on players and they kick the tires into brusque and they have looked into players like hurdle, well, but, but again, uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, I guess it's hard to say, cause I think at the end of the day, Turk will have final say because so far it's, it's been his room and he's, you know, he's just, he's pushed all the right buttons. I think Drury, especially in his first year and first year of the relationship has nothing but trust because he's made, you know, Gallant's this coaching has made Drury look much smarter than maybe some fans had thought initially. Well, I have another question for you, Andy, and it's kind of my last question for you, sure. but I'm just looking at cap friendly and I'm looking at the Rangers draft draft picks. Um, for 2022, they have two second rounders. They have their first round for the foreseeable future. They have two second rounders this year, uh, two fourth rounders, and uh, they don't have a third or a seventh round. But how valuable is this upcoming draft class? Like, you know, are, is that the two second round? You know, if we threw in a second rounder in some of these trades and maybe not have to give up a prospect or something like that. Um, you know, if we gave them a second and a fourth rounder along with Kraftsoff, could that bring in a decent, you know, player like, you know, a player that they might be looking for this way? You don't have to touch the active roster, but you're pretty much adding a player, um, you know, and, and you have a lot to give away and you're not killing yourself on the uh, in the draft. Yeah, I mean, you know, to be honest, in the last few seasons, it's really been harder for me to get a, a solid grasp on the strength of a dra- draft class. I don't know necessarily if this year's draft is super strong. There are a lot of centers, potentially very good centers uh, out there. I mean, obviously, that everyone is paying attention for 2023 when uh, Mitch Koff and uh, um, Jesus Christ, not Sh- not Shane Wright's this year, but then, uh, God, why is this kid's name escaping me? I haven't had my coffee yet. You'll have to forgive me. But uh, yeah, but. You know, I think everyone for as far as this year. Yeah, I mean, 
second, you're seeing that second round picks can be very, very important. Um, you know, I think Will Will Cooley uh, being a second round pick for with you know after recouping assets with uh, from Leas Anderson. Um, yeah, I mean these and these are players that are ultimately can be good for you down the down the road. You know, isn't Pasternak a second round pick or is he a late first? I can't remember, but yeah, I, or or excuse me, uh, Nikita Kucherov. But yeah, it's just I, I you know I again do the Rangers want to go back to all right we're contending so that means we automatically have to spend all of our firsts, but at the same time try to get some no seconds no, no 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 to try to no equal out the value. Is that what you're saying? No, well, we have two second round picks. So I'm just saying if we threw one and they're not, yeah, okay. they're not like, oh, okay. It's not Sorry. Like, it's not like a late first round pick. It's, you know, the Rangers and the Blues, you know, they're going to be taken later in, in that round. I'm just saying, like, how valuable will these draft picks be? You know, that if you tack that on, if you say you tacked on the St. Louis Blues second round pick with, with a craft saw, how much does that elevate the, you know, return, you think? Like, I, I know nothing about this upcoming draft so i have no idea if the rangers are really going to be like no we need to hold on to every single pick that we have because you know this you know especially the first couple rounds are going to be loaded and we have three picks in it you know maybe you get rid of the the blues draft pick with the crafts off and you know a team you know they find a tremendous you know amount of value in that and they give you a player that you know that you want. And I'm not saying like, you know, you're trading crafts off and your blues second round pick to bring in, you know, uh, a top, you know, top six forward. I'm just saying, you know, could that potentially prospect and that pick bring in a guy that, you know, could play on the third pairing or, you know, play, uh, you know, middle six minutes for the New York Rangers. Yeah. I mean, this upcoming draft class, I think just in terms of, you could, I mean, and this might be just the the fact that last year's draft coming out of COVID, it was very hard to get a gauge. So everyone was in agreement that it was a good year to have as many picks, especially it doesn't matter if they were higher in that uh, extenuating circumstances of seasons being shut down and, and players not being able to, to showcase their talent and play would be good this year. Teams are pretty, you know, the kids are pretty much back playing in all around the world. So I think it looks at least it's definitely going to seem stronger than last year where maybe you do. And like I said, there do seem to be some talented centers in this draft. So yeah, maybe you do want to hold on to them. Then again, though, I think the the biggest issue or not an issue, but uh, I don't think we really know what Chris Drury's pensions are because there are GMs that, you know, in some, some of them throw first round picks around like their manhole covers. And then there's some like Lou Lamorello who's looking for the first, you know, uh, 37 year old, he can see is that l- his eyes light up like a slot machine and they're like, you know, he's, re- he can't wait to give a first for this guy, you know? So yeah, to make, to keep his team, you know, so I don't know really what Chris Drury's drafting philosophy is. I think Jeff Gordon struck me as much more like, well, if it makes sense, we'll do it. But if not, where is Chris Drury? Who knows? I think, I mean, everything he's done has been, I will overpay for what I think this team needs so far. And you know, you can be upset with it, but it's to, to, to date, things have worked out okay. You know, yes, you can argue all oh, Pavel Buchnevich on this team would make them that much better. But then again, you're probably going to lose them for as a cap casualty anyway, with unless you were going to trade, you know, Zabat, you traded Zabatajad instead of giving him that contract. You know, there's a whole other can of worms. So, um, yeah, uh, like I said, I don't know what Chris Drury's going to do. I don't know if he, 
thinks it's one of those things where if he highlights, sees someone he thinks makes his team better on paper, he will pay whatever. He doesn't concern himself too much or hem and haw over the cost like a lot of GMs might. And that's, a, that's just a sense I get. But overall in this, yeah, it, who knows? Like you said, the Rangers do have a two seconds. So maybe they think at some point uh, you're getting to the tail end of the first round and you know, one of those teams, those cup teams that are going to hold on to their first for whatever reason, or a team that does have a multiple first to say, you know what? You know, you don't want your, your, you know, the guy you, you want is going to still be available after the first round. We'll give you both our seconds so we can move up and flip flop with the team who's picking sure. 31st or 32nd. You know, yeah. especially if the Rangers go as far as they, as, as they want to this year, you know, you hope they're picking in the, you know, 20, it, let's say they get knocked out in the first or second round. You hope they're picking at least in the, the mid to high 20s, right? Because now there's 32 teams in this league. So, you know, if you, you say to a team, they're like, hey, listen, like, I'll give you 20 <laughs> or if they hold on to it, at least getting closer to by the time the draft comes, you, you never know. You might say, you know what, you can I'll flip with you. I'll, I'll give you one of our, se- our our early second and 20 and you know, whatever it is, 26 to move up a few spots or or move back even or to crew assets. So, again, I think it ultimately comes down to what Drury's mindset is and just based on how he's conducted himself so far. I think he will move the pick for something he at someone who he thinks makes his team better. Uh, I just, again, I think the wild card is how much influence does, uh, you know, does Gallant want or have? Is he going to say, if Vegas is still out of it and just can't get a footing and they're like, well, we get Eichel back late, although he's apparently he's skating, so he's close. So who knows how that looks? But if, if Vegas is out of it, he's got a lot of familiarity with that roster. Who knows? And if I don't know if they're looking to shed salary, is you know, is a guy like Riley Smith or March or so, are they expendable now? You know, you're gonna you're not gonna get rid of Strom, obviously. Pacioretty's a goal scorer. I don't know if they want to get rid of him. So but they're gonna have to I don't know if they can afford to have Eichel on this roster and also keep a Riley Smith and a William Carlson and a I although I think they would keep Carlson. So who knows? Is Jonathan Marcheseau, who was a Rangers draft pick, you know, uh or not draft pick, but he was in the Rangers system a while ago. Who knows? Uh, I don't know. So I guess, you know, there's a lot of moving parts here. I, I guess this was a long winded way for me to say, I don't know, but just base. I do think Drury has at least shown me that he is a guy who will move assets to get what he wants and not care too much about if he overpays a little bit or hell, if he underpays a bit, you know, he's just wants to get what he wants. So probably moves it. But again, I don't know. Maybe he won't. Yeah, and I feel like there's really no pressure this year for the Rangers. I mean, right now, if you told me that this is where this team would be going into the season, I would have to say they're overachieving. And but you know, now that we're in the midst of it, you know, I get we won six in a row, and you know, here we are. We find ourselves second in the Metro, and you know, listen, we have two games in hand of the Capitals. We win those two games, we can leapfrog them. So you know, for the New York Rangers to sit here and be like. You know, we're overachieving. Let's just, you know, you know, pat our backs for what we're doing right now and let's not improve. I think that would be foolish. But I also don't think that we need to go for a knockout blow right away and be like, no, we need the Stanley Cup this year. Like, this is it. We got to end at all costs. You know, it doesn't matter. Throw Heedle in there, throw all our prospects. Doesn't matter. We got, you know, first round picks, throw it all. Like, no, I don't think the Rangers should do that. And, you know, hopefully, you know, if, if we just kind of keep humming along here, I really do think that there will be a move made 
because it'd be foolish not to. I mean, what the Rangers truly need doesn't really cost that much. We have the assets. We have the draft picks. You know, we can afford, you know, if if you really want to make a big splash, we do have that center that's playing, you know, very good hockey right now who some teams might want to be risk, you know, they might want to risk it and take a chance on, you know, a player like Heedle to, you know, be their second line center somewhere else along the along the line. So I don't know, Andy, for me right now, I just feel like the Rangers are in such a good spot in terms of prospects, draft picks, talent on the actual roster. You know, they haven't had to deal with, you know, too much adversity in the injury department, knock on wood. So, you know, again, listen, if something bad happens, we got to take it with a grain of salt because the only thing missing in this season right now for, for me is a little adversity. We're dealing with it right now, losing Igor for a few games. So, you know, I, I truly right now, I just want to see, you know, what this team is made of when, you know, their backs are against up, up against the wall. So, um, yeah, I got nothing else, Andy. You know, I'm just I'm very happy with this team. And again, it's just, uh, you know, a, a part of me wants to see a little bit more in terms of what we see on the roster. And I don't think it's going to cost that much. Yeah, well, yeah, I agree with you. And, you know, I, I it's funny, I, I, I was when you look at what's going on with the Islanders and how unlucky they've been with COVID and just the circumstances around their arena not being ready in the road trip and the fact that Father Time is kind of catching up with them finally. Yeah, in a lot of ways, the Rangers have been very lucky at times. You know, obviously it sucks losing guys to play all season, and now Igor's injury is not certainly lucky, but all teams deal with that type of stuff. But, you know, I think certain things have worked out for them. You know, the fact that that game versus the Islander got canceled uh, to give them the extra day rest with how condensed their schedule is going to be here, I think that clearly has paid off for them in some way, shape, or form. The fact that Igor goes down now, but Basically, the next four, the the four games that he's going to miss that he potentially misses are two against the Blackhawks, one against the Avalanche, which would hurt, but he might be ready to go for that, and then one against the Sabers. So yeah, I mean, yeah, they've definitely things are have just kind of outside of their own personal play. I think they've lucked, they've had some good luck in some some things that are out of their control, and it's I think it would be stupid not to capitalize on good seasons like this because. Like I spoke about, you kind of need to reestablish that baseline. Um, yeah, this will be a true test for them coming up because then after that, they have a, a mixture of you know it's it's kind of, they have a lot of teams that are playing pretty good. Obviously, after the Avalanche, they have the Coyotes, but which is you know should be a win for them hopefully. But then yeah, you have you have the Golden Knights who are a good team, Canadians not so good, Red Wings who are good, Panthers who are good, Lightnings who are good, Lightning who are good, Oilers who are good, Golden Knights you know then the Ducks who are good so. They have a real tough stretch the in the second half of this month. So it's imperative for them to just keep banking up the points they can, you know, especially now where you're going to have uh, your given net for the most of it. And yeah, they have to remain confident and competitive. So it'll be interesting to see huh, how if they can just, you know, next man up has been the mantra that they keep saying. And, you know, it's it's been the truth because it's doesn't it doesn't really matter. You know, they're not letting things phase them right now. Um, but again, we spoke about if we had a Bill and Ted, uh, you know, phone bo- uh, phone booth and you and I could go in it and say, you know, go back to the offseason and tell Andy and James, you know, it's December 4th and we're theoretically talking about whether or not we should give up assets uh, or whether it's night just to stay pat. 
you'd, you'd probably think we were crazy because you're like, what? Like, you not only are we in a position to talk about adding at the deadline, we're also saying, oh, we might not need it. We might be doing fine. So yeah, it's crazy to think about. But man, it's just, it's been fun. Valaket kind of summed it up. He said, I haven't, he's like, this is my favorite Rangers team in a long time, which is a lot to say because there's some good players that have come through this organization and then have moved on the last couple of years. But, you know, he just says everything is in place. He loves the handedness on the power play. He loves the pairings. He loves the team's ability to dig pucks out for one another. He just thinks there's a great balance and great coaching and great men- mindset and mentality and great future potential. Yeah, I think the important thing with this team is to not get too ahead of itself, which is why maybe it is smart just to kind of stand pat a little bit because we've seen a lot of teams in good spots and then new GMs come in and try to compete and just kind of piss the future away. Cough, cough, New York Islanders, cough, cough. <laughs> um, and yeah, there's plenty of other teams guilty of that. So you'd hate for that to happen, especially for this team. Cause eventually listen, uh, I don't, I know you think teams tend to think we're locked in to Kreider and Truba, but I one of them is going to get dealt somewhere eventually. And yes, they have no movement clauses. It's not waving's not going to be a problem because they will go to another contender. They will go. They they will basically go somewhere they want would wouldn't mind going, but it's going to happen. I mean, it's it's going to have to happen. So, and I, I again, I don't think it'll be a problem getting them to wave. But it just kind of goes to show. It's like, oh, what we're happy with Truba now. He's actually earning his contract. I love his leadership. I would not be against making him a captain on this team. But then you look at how Kreider's been and you say the same thing. So, But again, this is a business. So I think it's it's very important for this team to not put the cart before the horse. And like you said, next man up, just keep going. This is the season. It's kind of like how they Drew refused to commit to, is it playoffs or bust? Uh, it, it, unofficially it was, but they on the record they were saying it's just about being where we think we are and i think this team is exactly what you think it is i think it's a team that is absolutely good enough to make the playoffs is still undercooked in some spots but again they're they're capturing something here so hey man next man up no excuses just keep going and if you you're eventually they're going to lose but it's i more i'm less concerned with them losing eventually but then how they respond the game after they lose or how they look or how it affects them so yeah uh Next man up. Tough stretch coming up here. We'll see what we can hear about Igor. And uh, uh, yeah, God, I love this team. Thank you for listening to the Broadway Boys podcast. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Broadway Boys Pod. And please rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, or the HockeyPodcastNetwork.com. You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network on Twitter at HockeyPodNet. New episodes every Monday and Thursday. Download at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from.